I hope you're not uh, unhappy just with the same title with a, a different number at the end. This is our week five about the kingdom of God. I just feel like if you ever look up scriptures about the kingdom, there are so many scriptures in the New Testament about the kingdom of God. I have a little echo here. I hope it can go away. Since we accept Jesus Christ, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. We are members of the body of Christ. And it's kingdom people who draw from the king's resources. You know, we all can, if we stopped and thought about it, we could kind of put a list together of the benefits we have just being citizens of the United States. But think about what you have as a citizen of the kingdom of God. I was uh, just getting up walking at about 5 o'clock this morning. It was so dark, and just over the east here, there was the moon, and it was kind of a glow. It was just a sliver of the moon, but you could see the whole glow of the, uh, of the whole moon. And I was thinking, wow, God, it is by your word that the bodies, the heavenly bodies were put in place, the sun, the moon, and the stars. And it says that everything in the heavens is upheld by your power. And I thought, wow, how great, God, your kingdom is. It's a natural kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. And how the word of God upholds us in our positions in the kingdom of God and allows us to experience a deep love of God and a deep relationship with him that's always ongoing. And we go through different things that challenge our relationship and different things that we uh, struggle with in our flesh and our old nature that try to rise up and displace our confidence of who we are in the kingdom of God. But just like I saw that moon this morning, it just reestablished that we are in God. We are in his kingdom, and he's doing a glorious thing in us. In Matthew 6, verses 7 through 13, <clears throat> Jesus said, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as unbelievers do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do you ever feel like God's not hearing you, or you don't feel like anything's happening, so you keep saying the same thing? And Jesus is just saying, he hears us. In verse 8, it says, Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you even ask him. In this manner, therefore pray. So he's saying, in this way, make your requests. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Two references in this prayer to the kingdom of God. It's the daily prayer we're supposed to pray because it keeps us in the mindset of what kingdom we belong to, even though we're in a world where there's so many kingdoms. And there's so many kingdoms around us. Your kingdom come. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Your kingdom is the power. Your kingdom is the glory. And we are partakers and we are part of that kingdom because it, God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of us. Jesus lives inside of us. And so there's a constant awareness that we can take in our, in our minds and our emotions that we are constantly connected with a God. Uh, some of the, like the president, we don't see him all the time, although we hear about him. But Jesus is constantly with us. Jesus, the king of kings, the king of the kingdom, 
is our personal helper. He's our personal friend. He's the personal wisdom and understanding that we have to live out our life in this world. The Our Father prayer is a daily reminder of the kingdom of God we now are in and that now is in us. It's a daily reminder that we have kingdom authority, that we uh, have the ability to operate. How many of you, uh, you, you have to wear something that is a sign of your job? Anybody have to, some wear, yeah. When you, when you put that on, there's just an awareness that you represent that company. And like I told you that story about being a safety patrol person, when I put on that little jacket that I couldn't fit in, I walked in this place of responsibility that I felt different. And we have to have that awareness that because we are citizens of the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God is in us, and it's a powerful kingdom. It's a kingdom of, that's overcoming that when we get up in the morning and we're putting our clothes on to go to work and, and to do our day, that we're, we are putting on an, uh, a realization that we are members of the body of Christ. We are in the kingdom of God. And there could just something can rise up out of your spirit and this confidence to face your day. You could have this just, a, just a, an anxiousness about the day or a little bit of worry about a situation that you're in, but just something rises up because of the faith you have in God and you rise up and you Go out and meet that day, but it's from a different place. It's from your spirit that's born again. It's the spirit of God that comes and strengthens your spirit. It's the word of God that comes and strengthens you to renew your mind against the fearful feelings that you, that you may have or, or the things that could discourage you. It's a confidence that comes because you are a citizen and a member of the kingdom of God. It says that Jesus gives you the kingdom. In Luke 12, 32, Jesus said, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Well, when you think of uh, wanting stuff, and this is a time where people are thinking about what they want for Christmas and everything, just think of it how Jesus wants to give us and wanted to give us his kingdom. He wanted to seat us in that kingdom, to raise us up in that kingdom, to place us in that kingdom, to cause us to rise up above the things that tried to shame us and condemn us and destroy us. If we had time, people would get up and talk about the different things that they were saved out of and delivered out of. But it was the kingdom of God that came in when they accepted Jesus and did a work of transformation to break off a lot of things that uh, would seek, seek to like shame us and condemn us. And then we are in that process of growing stronger and stronger, in, stronger and stronger as Christians in the faith. You know, the, um, since it's God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, we know in Romans 14, 17 that the kingdom of God is his righteousness. Ever tried to be good on your own? <clears throat> I remember as a kid, always trying to please my parents, trying to please my teachers and those, those around me, and I would get so down to myself when I messed up. If I got a spanking or I did something wrong, uh, when I got corrected, I felt bad. I didn't, I felt like, wow, why can't I be perfect? But thank God for his righteousness the righteousness of God given to us through Jesus Christ, that we can rest and rely on his righteousness and ask for forgiveness when we need it, when we know we've fallen short. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> what about the, the peace of God? I just love it, like in our prayer meetings, especially like on Wednesday. Sometimes it's like we pray, but there's just like this weight of God's presence that settles when you pray, especially when you're praying with other people. Hopefully, when you're here today, you feel the peace of God just resting on you because here we are, we came to worship God and we had communion. And the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit is here in our worship and it's here as we gather together. 
And it's that peace that can take away anxiety about the future and what's going on. It's the peace of God that can counter thoughts that you have or that are about worry or something that's distressing or something you have to deal with this week. And that's that peace of God that's part of uh, the kingdom of God that's given to us and that's Jesus' pleasure to give us. What about joy? Joy through the Holy Spirit. A joy that allows you to be happy because you have God and you're with him, even though you may have things that are making you feel less than joyful in the natural, things that maybe have taken away your happiness. But God promises to give us joy because it's from a, a source that cannot be affected, that you can be in the middle of trials and tribulations and difficulties, but have this inner joy knowing that God is going to help you work through, and God's going to work those things out. In Hebrews um, 12, 28, it says, Since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably and with reverence and godly fear. God, again, wants to give us from his resources things that we need from heaven and things that we need that are spiritual to help us keep growing in our spiritual relationship with the Lord. I was thinking about um, just representing God. Again, putting on Jesus, you know, you kind of gear up to go out into the world. And you start getting a mindset more and more, hopefully, to how am I going to reach the people around me? How, God, how would you use me? Holy Spirit, what would you do to give me a word for someone, to maybe pray for someone or give a testimony to someone today? And I remember in just in the same time, like about my fifth grade, just... Uh, having a time when I felt like in grammar school when my social anxiety was at its minimum. And I had these two friends, an Art Mandel and an Art Blodgett. And they just became my fast friends. And I remember in the summer them coming over and me making little salami sandwiches for them, giving them little seltzer water. And then we spent like probably an hour and a half to two hours just talking about the Bible. And I remember sharing just the good news about Jesus with them and reading Bible stories and stuff and just talking about even revelations, getting their excitement about, wow, what God's doing. And I thought, wow, I remember leaving, them leaving that day and feeling so excited as, as this little you know, elementary school person about sharing with Jesus. And then I remember when I started working as a janitor for the first five and a half years when I got out of high school. And I remember opportunities at times of just maybe just doing my job and everything, but opportunities to share with the different people I worked with, the different janitors at break time or lunch time, and how God uh, has done something in our life, but he sets, it, sets us up to be witnesses of his kingdom. And I wonder in my life, and I know maybe you do wonder in your life, how many people over the years that you never see him again, but at some point you dropped a seed, you shared something about Jesus, you prayed for them, and they have become Christians, or something you said to them, God has used to just cause them to awaken to a relationship with him. It says that Jesus sends out followers with his kingdom. In Matthew 10, 7, it says, Jesus said to his disciples, and as you go, and he's saying that to us, put your name in there, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heaven is now near. It's nearer than it's ever been before, <clears throat> excuse me, because of what Jesus has done. Because we're almost 2,000 years since what Jesus uh, did and how he sent the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of heaven is available right now. In your biggest crisis, the heaven is right now available for you. 
there's an answer. There's a place. There's something God wants to do in the thing that you need, in the thing that you've been asking and waiting for. Don't get discouraged because you're not seeing it. <clears throat> God is working. God's never sleep. He's always working to fulfill those things that you're asked for and the things that you need. <clears throat> Excuse me. We freely receive God's kingdom. In Matthew 10, 8, Jesus sends out his followers with the kingdom to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, to cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Again, it comes down to the moment we've received forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ. A life of receiving begins and continues all the way through eternity. How are you at receiving? Is it easy for you to receive or is it hard to receive? Good. I'm glad, Dory, that you are a good receiver. <coughs> I know some of us are, it's easier for us to receive, and it's sometimes, sometimes it's more comfortable to give. But it's that, place that, it's that place that he wants us to be at where we really believe that we're to receive really freely, that God really is for us. But again, what happens to us is like we get in a mindset of what we think we need or want, and the prayers that are not answered. And so we somehow a block comes up in, inside of us to believe that God's freely giving to us. He freely wants to, us to receive from him. The first definition is of freely is not under control of another as one wishes. Sometimes we're just closed off in our hearts. Something has happened to us, disappointment, disillusion, and, and even getting offended sometimes with God, there seems to be blocks sometimes from, from us being able to receive. But it doesn't take long to just even say to God, Lord, I just feel like I'm blocked, and I want you to help me since it's been your pleasure to give me the kingdom. Since I've come into your kingdom, help me to understand in a greater way what is mine. Help me to understand what's freely been given to me. Help me to see in your word the provisions and the things that I can appropriate because you, being such a great giving God, have freely given to me. God, open to my eyes and help me to receive all that you have for me. The next definition from um, the Webster's Dictionary. At liberty, not under obligation, costing nothing. <clears throat> it's interesting. The greatest thing we've been given is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and eternity that's going to be really good and we didn't do anything to earn it. But because God so loved us, he purchased us, and he breaks into our life to reveal himself. We carry the kingdom of God in us to give out. We have an inheritance in God's kingdom, and part of that privilege we have is to share the same inheritance that we have gotten from the Lord. In 1 Peter 1, 3-5, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for the salvation ready to be revealed at the, in the last time. I want to talk about meeting the spiritual needs of people. And, you know, I, I just, I feel like um, 
I've been so aware of the kingdom of God and, and looking around everywhere I go now of looking for opportunities. I, I was at McDonald's the other, I mean, not McDonald's, I was at Taco Bell. Sorry about that, I crossed over. <laughs> I went to Taco Bell the other day and there was a person, a homeless person that I know a lot of our people have really worked with and Shauna and uh, Cindy had taken this lady in and really done a lot for her and she just went back out. And I just knew when I was done, uh, eating that um, I was going to go over and just talk to her. And uh, I just have this confidence that God wants us to talk to people. And I just share some things with her and, and just encouraged her in the Lord. And she said she might even come today too, but, you know, to just simply share with people. Well, this is a story that's familiar. I even used it a little bit last week, but I just have a, another thing I want to bring out in this. It says, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So the crippled man gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. We see people all around us expecting something from us. We see people with cardboard signs. We see people everywhere that want some kind of a handout. I don't know what you feel like when you see people. I think... The thing is, because we're in the natural, I think immediately we are drawn to their need. And sometimes we feel like, do I trust to give them that person money? Sometimes we analyze. Anybody analyze about whether you're going to give or not? Thank you. I wonder if I was alone. But I think we're missing something. You know, a lot of times we do give. I know we give. All of us give and try to help people in need. But I feel like we're, we're missing something. We're missing the opportunity God is wanting us to give, to give them something spiritual, to depart something into them that will take them even beyond whatever we can do for them in their natural need. Again, it's sometimes um, kind of hard to give someone uh, money, but if you, even if you decide, oh, okay, I'm going to give this person a dollar or whatever, that use that as your opportunity to then give them something spiritual, even if it's a prayer. Even if it's like, you know, God cares about you. Jesus died for you. I'll be praying for you. But again, sometimes it's harder to get, it's easier to give something physical or give money than to give them time and attention. And especially since we are carriers of the kingdom, there you do not know what God would do through you. I had, a, I had an occasion uh, of a person, I think it was last year, um, I, just, I just prayed with them, they left, well, they came back a while later, and just that one praying for them, got a, they got a job, they got into a program, and they're doing good. I mean, you know, we, sometimes, we, again, we look at, like, we have to meet the needs of the world, and it gets us into looking into the natural and not being aware of who we are and who and what spiritually wants to come through our lives as channels. So while you're helping practical, 
don't forget to give them the supernatural. You have to believe you are carriers of the supernatural. It's, again, it's not you, but it's God's power in you that can come through a word, a touch. You could just speak a word, and just like God spoke things into existence with his word, you could speak something, and the powerful word of God coming out of your mouth can speak encouragement. It could speak a lift to their spirit. and can give them something encouraging to get up and go out and do something different to uh, maybe change their will. Maybe they've been bound in their will and in a passive place, but the fact that you're speaking because God's in you, everything can change in that person's life. You know, we talked about this guy last week where he had been crippled since birth. He had seen people come in and out of the temple. He had seen Jesus come in and out of the, of the temple. But somehow, Peter and John, there was a moment there Heaven's now open. They are full of the Holy Spirit. They're on that mission to pass on the message of the kingdom to them. And that man gets radically delivered. He's walking and he's born again spiritually and he's on fire coming into the temple. Dory's been talking about we have homeless people that they, they come and they spend their day with us. I interact with them every day. And Dory say it's like gate beautiful. There's going to be a day that God moves on them and they're going to be in church with us. You talk to them, every one of them, most of them have made a commitment to Christ. They know who Jesus is in, but they're sitting in this passive place where they need a move of God. And that's why we're always praying in our prayer groups about the revival. God sent another revival. Send another move of God where people respond to the power of God, respond to the word of God, and they get up and they take action that uh, brings change into their lifestyle. Our key verse today is Acts 3, 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Maybe it's a name in the name of Jesus to a person who has no hope. In the name of Jesus, receive hope. God has something more for you than where you're at today. God has the healing. Maybe it's someone at work or someone in your neighborhood, someone who's broken by sin, broken by divorce or abuse or whatever it is, and they need hope. They need something spiritual. They need something to ignite their faith and ignite their relationship with God where they can draw on heaven's resources like we're all trying to do and beginning to do and doing a better job at receiving. In Luke 17, 21, the, the second part of the verse, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. Again, we have to walk in a new reality. No, I'm a carrier. You know, we're all afraid. How many had to get shots about the flu? Get your flu shot already? My doctor, he wanted me to get the flu shot. I wanted me to get the flu shot. I told him, I don't want the flu shot. I don't want the flu shot. <laughs> anyway, we get inoculated to not get this or that. We are carriers. You know, some of you have met people and gotten colds because someone was sick and you got, you got it. You accepted Jesus. You got it. You got the kingdom. You are now supernaturally empowered with the kingdom of God. You don't have to be a big Bible scholar. Man, I came from the ranks. I came through... Just being a Christian and going to church every Sunday. And I kept saying yes, and I ended up here. In um, Acts 3, 7 through 8, the story continues. And Peter took the crippled man by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. I tell you, people just need a word, and they're going to rise up. Because you are carriers of the word of God, of the living word of God. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple and with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Can you imagine how Peter John thought, well, this guy, look at him. 
he was never able to walk. Somehow something supernatural because those, those muscles were all atrophied because, and he had muscles he had never used. And now he's up walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who had, who had sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I believe we're going to have more and more people having stories about touching crippled people. If Peter and John had money to give, would the crippled man from birth have received healing? Again, if they had our mindset today, okay, we're going to give that guy a buck, but we just go on our way. Would our people around us not getting healed because we're not giving them spiritual bread? You must believe that you're filled with the kingdom's power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You must believe you carry God's kingdom to affect people with the supernatural power of God's love. When you pray, believe, and receive. The day before Jesus cursed the fig tree, right before he went to the cross, this is the next day. So Jesus... Obviously, the, they saw the fig tree withered up the next day, and they were mindful of Jesus' words. So Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. He's talking about praying in spite of what we see or feel. And in Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, and here's the nugget, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. That is the nugget in verse 1123. We have to believe that those things that we say will be done, and then we'll have what we say. Again, it's a confidence of walking in the kingdom of God and not what we see, not walking in our natural understanding in the natural kingdom of which we live in. In Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Again, the nugget of that verse is when you pray, believe the things that, that you receive the things that you've asked for and then you'll have them. You ever had that faith? And it just comes out of, too, you're walking in your relationship with God. There's something in your spirit that realizes I can pray for this thing right now, and I'm putting a faith behind it, and I'm going to somehow release something, and it's going to be done. I feel like God is trying to move us as the body of Christ to a greater faith in our praying and receiving what we're praying immediately. Even though we may not see it manifested, there's a faith we have that it's a confidence. You know God has that for you. You know he wants it for you, but you're praying it. But as you're praying it, you're also receiving the answer. And I believe you're all going to experience that. I had something incredible happen in intercessory prayer on Thursday. I became, had such an awareness that the kingdom of God is so much bigger than our church's needs and what God wants to do here. It's bigger than all of us. It's bigger than who we are right now. And yet, when we're all gone, and if Jesus hasn't come back yet, 
It's who's going to be in here serving and worshiping God and continually doing what we're going to do in the future in Hollister and San Benito County. I was so aware that the things that um, we're praying for and believing for in this church are so much bigger than what we could ask for. And I, and I felt like that scripture came to mind in Ephesians 3.20. Paul wrote this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I love it when God comes to us and we're aware that he is so much bigger than what we've seen him.